Hi everyone, this is Des from According to Des. Welcome to my podcast where I interview people with passions, hobbies, or side hustles trying to live their best lives by following their dreams and pursuing their goals. So get ready to be inspired. On today's episode, I am interviewing Lizzie Croucher and she makes pottery pottery with personality she makes these really cute mugs with faces so adorable i've been following her on instagram for a long time i am such a fan of her work and i thought it would be really cool to talk to her about her pottery she is located in the uk which i think is awesome too really cool i love interviewing people from around the world is really really amazing so let's dive in and talk to lizzie today her instagram is croucher dot li c-r-o-u C-H-E-R dot L-I. And I'm going to post her website and her Etsy account in the show notes. And you can go check out her amazing pottery. And she also posts videos of her making her pottery on the wheel, which is really cool too. So definitely check her out. And here is the interview. So hi, Lizzie. Everyone, I'm here with Lizzie Croucher from the UK. And she makes pottery with personality. So thanks so much, Lizzie, for being here with me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you because I just love your pottery and the idea of pottery with personality. So you make all these cool things with little faces on it. So they're so super cute. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, how did you start getting into pottery? When did you start selling it? Like, did you know when you were younger that you wanted to be a potter? Um, I didn't. I actually didn't uh, really know that being a potter was kind of a career path. Um, until I was much older. Um, I actually wanted to be a ballerina when I was younger. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, kind of pursued that kind of a path along the kind of path of dancing and, and ballet and contemporary dance until I was about 21. Um, and then my life took another turn and, and here I am. Wow. So how did it take that turn? I trained for about six years um, in contemporary dance and ballet dance uh, here in England, in London. And when I finished my training, uh, I went to a few auditions and kind of realized that it, it just wasn't really the lifestyle for me. So I went into um, community dance. So I was more office based um, and based in the community. I did that for uh, about three or four years and then took a move into visual art stepped kind of across the board from dance to visual arts um, and it was actually kind of there that I was more introduced to the idea that being a I, I guess pot- pottery is a, vi- a visual art so being a visual artist was a step I wanted to take. Oh that's really cool so did you just randomly pick pottery or what drew you to pottery? Um, it's actually been part of my life for 10 years now which is, is pretty crazy so um, kind of by complete chance while I was doing my dance degree in London um, I got a part-time job working in a, a paint your own pottery cafe. Have you ever been to one of those? Oh yeah, I have. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah. So I um I worked in one of those for about four years um in in London in, in Greenwich because there's a big market in Greenwich um and it was just outside of there and I started off by actually spending my free time decorating the kind of pre-made pots that you have so the mugs and things like that and I would just give them to friends and family as gifts. When I decided to move away from London and kind of pursue the kind of community dance aspect, I moved out of London and to a different part of the UK um, for what I thought was my dream job. I kind of moved there completely alone. I didn't know anyone in this new town. So I actually signed up for a course of making pottery, which is what I do now, just kind of as a hobby and to do something to meet new people because I didn't know anybody in this town I moved to. And that was kind of how I got back into it. So I kind of left it for a little while, but obviously a different aspect of actually making. I was just decorating when I moved out of London. And that's when I really started to kind of get behind the scenes and make it myself. Oh, that is so cool. I've never tried making pottery, but I've heard Mm. from other people that it's really difficult. Did you pick it up really quick or did it take you a long time to learn how to do it? I did a six week course. 
um, which was kind of learning the basics of throwing on a potter's wheel, which is what I do at the moment. There's lots of different ways of making pottery. And some people just kind of make with uh, like long coils or with slabs. Some people throw on a potter's wheel, which is what I do. So the six week course was based on uh, throwing on the wheel. I started off not very good at it at all. <laughs> so that after the course, I um, it was with a local potter where I was doing my job and he had a studio in his back garden. It was incredible. <laughs> um, wow. After that, I'd go every week and I was just like I really want to make a go at this I'm really enjoying it so I went for about a year um, and then when I, I moved to Colchester in Essex which is where I am now I kind of lost that connection so uh, he was about 30 miles away from where I am now after that there was a new space that opened up where I live now um, which is where my studio now is I joined and they had some potter's wheels there and it was almost like starting from scratch because I'd had quite a while kind of not practicing so I kind of self-taught myself again and that was back in 2017 I think I've been here about three years now so oh, wow. um, yeah I think I finally got to the stage obviously where, when I started to sell I thought I can make a real go at this so it, it did take me a long time but I think because I had dipped in and out of it previously but once I got into the space that I'm in now I just went for it and I haven't looked back Wow. And you make all different things. You make incense trays, you make tea bag dishes, you make incense burner cones, and you also make your pottery with personality, the mugs with the faces. Where did you get the ideas to make all these different things? So in terms of the faces, which I now, it seems to be the thing I solely do, which I never thought I would do that. It actually came about as a total fluke. So when the space that I work in now very first opened up, it was a very, very new space. It's a non-profit, so it's a charity. There wasn't as much equipment in the space as there is now. So they only have one potter's wheel, and that was often taken up. People were really keen to get going with it. So while I was waiting my turn, I would make things by hand. So I would roll out some slabs and make some pots in a really simple way. And I looked at a pot one day I made, and I just thought, I really want this to make me smile. So I made a pot that had a smile on it. which I loved and the manager of the space that I'm in now saw it and said I want to buy that how much is it so I sold it to him I made another one someone else saw it and wanted that one and then that's kind of the moment I actually decided to open a small shop and sell them to people so that was back in 2017 and I was doing pots with faces on and pots without faces on and earlier on this year I decided just to do stuff with faces on because it was they were my best sellers people were loving them and they were what made me the happiest to make Oh, that's amazing. So you opened up a shop. Is it, it's on Etsy or is it like a physical store? It's on Etsy. Okay, great. And are you still at that same location now making the pottery? Yeah. So it's changed a little bit since I joined. The space I work at is a maker's space. And I think there are lots of initiatives like it, maybe across the world. I know definitely in the UK, they're quite popular. They're kind of volunteer-led community spaces. We have lots of workshops, but we also have a, like a membership scheme. So lots of artists come together. So we pay a monthly fee and then we can use the facilities. I started off being in the kind of communal space, so working in the big workshop. And then as I kind of built my business, I realized I was rapidly running out of space at home to keep my things. Um, And I was taking up a lot of space in the communal areas. And an opportunity kind of landed on my lap in kind of divine timing in a way. The manager just said, do you want to do a little bit of administrative work for the space in exchange for a small private studio? We have three private studios in the space. And I just immediately just I knew that I had to do it I've gone from kind of working in the communal space to kind of helping the space grow but also having my own small studio in the back which is incredible 
That's amazing. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really great. So is this your full-time thing now making the pottery or do you have a side job or do you work a day job besides doing the administrative stuff? I wish it was my full-time job. I'm working towards it being my full-time job. At the moment, I have kind of three different hats, I guess. So one is my pottery hat, which I love the most. And then the other one is the kind of admin I do for the maker space. I guess my kind of, I call it my day job because it's the thing that I kind of make my income from. I'm an art technician. So I'm the head technician at my local art gallery. I have a team of about 10 technicians and, and we install all the exhibitions in, in the gallery. And that's kind of project to project. So we have a really intense period of work and then I have some time off while the shows are obviously underway. And that's when I can kind of really get stuck into my pottery. Oh, great. And how long does it take you to make one of your mugs? The hidden magic of pottery is that it takes so much longer than people think. It can really often come as a surprise when people either place a custom order with me or order something from scratch um, and find that it takes a number of weeks. There's a lot of different stages. <laughs> I'll mm -hmm. talk you through them if you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd yeah, be great. Perfect. I think the thing that people love the most about watching or maybe doing pottery is when people actually make things kind of from a lump of clay on the, on the potter's wheel. Um, I don't know if you've seen videos of people doing it before. I've seen your videos. You have you yeah. posted a few on Instagram and they're so mesmerizing. Yeah, they are. It's mesmerizing when you're making as well. That is actually the quickest part of the whole process, I'd say. Oh, wow. So depending on kind of the complexity and the size of what you're making, throwing on the wheel can take me anywhere from kind of two minutes to 10 minutes. Wow. So for smaller things, it takes two minutes, particularly when you're making stuff repeatedly. For kind of larger shapes or more complex shapes, it takes me a little bit longer. Once you've made something on the wheel, you have to leave it to dry slightly. So that can be anywhere from a few hours on a hot day to overnight or one or two days when it's cold. Not very warm in the UK, so it does take a little, a little right. bit longer than that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when they've kind of half dried, you have to trim the bottom and then add my stamp on the bottom as well. So I've got my own logo that I stamp onto the bottom, all of my pots. After that, it takes about a week to leave it to completely dry out. So it's like at the bone dry stage mm. and it's ready for the first firing in the kiln, which is basically a very, very hot oven. <laughs> uh -huh. um, yeah. So putting it in the kiln for its first firing takes between eight to 14 hours. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So the kiln gets up to in degrees. I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. But it's a thousand degrees C. Wow. Um, okay. Celsius. So, and then after that, the kiln gets up to that temperature and then it has to cool down and it has to cool down naturally as well. So it can take that same time again. So after that's happened, you take it out and then you glaze it. So you add the color. Um, I'd say for me, that takes about five minutes per piece. So depending on how big the batches I'm making, it can take me all day to glaze a batch of pottery. Wow. And then it has to go back in the kiln for another eight to 14 hour firing. Oh my gosh. So it takes, yeah. So, so when I have kind of custom orders or orders from shops, from stockists, I give about a four to six week turnaround mm -hmm. uh, from kind of balls of clay to finished pieces ready to post to people. And that just allows me, particularly in case, as I work in kind of a shared space, I also have a shared kiln. And a lot of people use it. So I have to allow for time for me to be able to use it uh, around other people as well. Wow. That's an incredibly long process. Yeah. I, had, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. You must have a lot of patience then. I have a lot more. That's <laughs> definitely one thing that pottery's taught me is to be really patient with myself as well, because particularly throwing on the wheel, it's if you talk to kind of potters who have been doing it for years and years, they still have breakages and pots that don't quite make it. And you just have to be kind of patient and use it as a learning curve. Oh, that's true. Because I'm sure that after it goes in the kiln or whatever, maybe things happen, it breaks or cracks. Does that happen a lot? 
It doesn't happen an, an awful lot, but it does happen sometimes. We had a, a phase at a shared studio because the kiln doesn't belong to me, it belongs to the space. There was a malfunction in the, we have like a really small kiln and a very big kiln. We had a malfunction in the large kiln while myself and another potter's work was inside. Oh, and I lost no. about, I lost about three weeks worth of work. Um, oh no which was kind of beyond anybody's it was it was just a small malfunction in the kiln and we had to just make again the downside of ceramics is that it's quite an unpredictable process yeah absolutely you never know what you're gonna get yeah, <laughs> when you open so. the door <laughs> keeps you on your toes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> wow it's such an interesting process though you learned all this you took that course and then you self-taught as well that's amazing I find it particularly with being slightly self-taught I find it really useful because I also uh, sometimes teach pottery to other people oh you do um, yeah, I do. As I said, the space that I work in, they run public workshops. As well as having clay workshops, we also have textiles and screen printing. So we're like a multi-art space, which is amazing because wow. we get to collaborate with other artists. Um, and for a while I taught pottery, so beginner's pottery. Um, and I found from having taught myself elements of it, I found it much easier to kind of talk through the process. Whereas if you asked me to teach a dance class, I would be so nervous because I obviously hadn't taught myself. I was taught from someone else. Oh, so right. I'd feel like I had to replicate what they were doing. Whereas with pottery, because a lot of it has been self-taught, particularly kind of in the last couple of years, I find it really interesting to teach other people. And I love sharing what I've learned just from kind of trial and error as well. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. And do you still teach those classes now? I don't at the moment. It is one of my goals in the future to be able to and to be able to do that in my own space. Oh, that's amazing. How many classes have you taught, would you say? It must have been this time last year. I taught my first pottery class. I felt like a complete imposter, oh. particularly because I was self-taught and I haven't had any kind of formal training. I'd love to have had formal kind of training in kind of an art school or with ceramics. So I must have taught my first class this time last year. Um, and they were every week for a month. So I wow. taught kind of quite an intense period. We went down to teaching every other week. I would kind of alternate with another potter. And then kind of around fall, autumn last year, we kind of cut down our classes to once a month just to make way for other workshops. So I'm not teaching at the moment. As I said, future plans, absolutely. I'd love to teach. Again. Oh, that's amazing. And how big were your classes that you were teaching? Anywhere from one person to 12 people, wow. <laughs> which oh, is great. Goodness. Yeah, we had to put kind of a maximum people in the space because obviously because we were kind of a young space, the amount of facilities and equipment we have is limited to about 12 to 15 people. So they were quite small classes, but it's quite nice to have a small class, particularly with something like pottery. Yeah, I'm sure it's a good one on one special attention you could give each person. Oh, very cool. So you're saying that you want to do this full time and you have a lot of future plans so do you want to open up mm -hmm. your own shop I have never thought about opening up my own shop but I'd absolutely love to <laughs> I have a few future plans some that kind of arrived to me prematurely such as having my own studio I really didn't think that would happen anytime soon I thought maybe it would be the end maybe the end of this year but it happened about four months ago now which oh, is wow. crazy <laughs> another goal was to buy my own pottery wheel and again that happened in December oh wow um, I didn't have that in the forefront of my brain. Everything moved quite quickly from me kind of quitting my full-time job to where I am now. Future plans definitely is to kind of have my own small studio at my house. Me and my boyfriend are looking to move. Well, we were 
looking to move kind of imminently but that's been put on hold for a little bit just because of everything that's currently happening in the world so maybe in the next six months we'd like to move stay local but to move to a house and we're looking at spaces that have maybe an outbuilding or a garage that I can have my own little home studio in that's definitely definitely a goal of mine yeah that is so exciting so exciting oh my gosh (laughs) I know small steps we'll get there eventually oh absolutely and is your family supportive of your pottery switching from dance to being a when I decided to take the leap to kind of pursuing pottery I was in a full-time job that I was kind of stepping up in my career a little bit so I'd gone from being kind of an assistant in kind of programming events and exhibitions I'd just been offered a promotion (laughs) to manage exhibitions and events I took it but I took it and just said I will take this for two months and then I'm gonna leave I want to pursue something else it was quite a high stress job and it just didn't quite uh, click with me and my mum was like what are you doing (laughs) I felt like particularly when I I moved into kind of arts administration I felt like that was kind of my goal to kind of take steps up and to manage exhibitions and to maybe be the director of a gallery I think as I got there I realized this is not this isn't gelling with me very much so when I decided to quit that and to take a kind of a part-time job that was much less responsibility and twin it with my pottery I think they were very skeptical (laughs) Um, they were they were quite hesitant particularly kind of oh you've spent six years working to get to this level why have you changed Um, particularly because I had already changed from performing dance to being behind the scenes it was another career switch that they were just not sure if they were going to get behind or not (laughs) Um, but as time's gone on it's become much clearer that this is kind of the path I was meant to be on and it's something I really genuinely love doing and it seems to be going very well at the moment so they've kind of become my number one fans (laughs) which is lovely that's so amazing I love that my mum still places kind of surprise orders on my Etsy shop even though she's my mum so I would happily just give her something but (laughs) I get the odd order from my mum she's like I'm supporting you from afar but yeah Oh, I love that. So when you go home to visit your family, do you see your pottery all over like your friends and family's houses? Yeah. And it's, it's actually, for me, it's kind of like, I see the evolution of my work. As I said, when I was painting pre-made things, I'd give them to friends and family. And kind of as I've made more and kind of things that didn't quite make getting on Etsy, I'd give to my mom. And so she's almost got that evolution of my work through the years, which is really fun to see. That's really cool. Absolutely. It's fun to go back to see where you started from and where you are Mm. now. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And for your Etsy shop, do you ship internationally or do you just keep it to the UK? I do ship internationally. I've shipped to so many different places. It must have been about a year ago. I shipped to America for the very first time. And I just... Yeah, it was completely unexpected. Someone just kind of found me on an Etsy search and bought something off me, which is amazing. So I've kind of shipped all over Europe, to America, to Australia. I posted to South Korea last week. It's kind of a goal of mine to ship to as many countries as I can. It's just something I never kind of thought or dreamed of happening. The great thing about Etsy is that it's open to people all over the world and it's kind of there for people to see. That is so cool. You have to keep some sort of like country bucket list like and check them off as you sell. That would be great. I put a little, a little map on the wall with some and color in the countries I posted yeah. to. <laughs> that is so cool. Wow. That is so inspiring though. You went from just trying something out to selling around the world. That's so crazy. <laughs> 
I never thought about it like that. Wow, <laughs> it really is crazy. It's so cool that just trying something new where it could lead you. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a, a lot of people, particularly who are members of the, the studio space, just trying something for the first time and just thinking, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know where this is going to get me. And sometimes just giving something a try is all you need to kind of tell you which direction to go in. And just particularly with pottery, it's just a case of practicing, practicing, learning from mistakes, practicing again, <laughs> making yeah. some more mistakes. <laughs> I know so many people try something new. You know, you said you weren't good at pottery at first and people, mm. I feel like when they're not good at something at first, they just quit right away. They're like, this isn't for me. I'm not good at it. What would you say to somebody that they try something new and they enjoy it, but they're just discouraged because they're not good at it? Particularly in visual arts and crafts, there are so many different ways you can kind of come to something. And just because I'm in pottery, pottery is a really great example of that. So there are so many different ways you could make something. So if your dream is to make mugs to sell and you try throwing on the wheel and you think, oh, I'm not good, I'm, I, I can't do this, not good enough at it. Not only do you need, obviously need to practice and practice and practice, but there are so many other ways you could make a mug with a piece of clay, not just by throwing on the wheel. We do have a lot of beginners and I still class myself as a beginner, actually. I, I feel you like do. there are, I do. There's just like, Instagram is one of those lovely things where you see all these amazing people do all these things. It still makes me feel like a beginner because there are people accomplishing so many things and been in this field for years and years and years. But we get people come through the door who um, kind of attend our beginners potter's wheel classes and come back to try it again after the weekend and just think I'm not getting anywhere I can't remember what I was taught sticking at it is kind of the primary thing to do but if you're kind of feel like you're hitting a wall I always recommend that people try something else with the clay as I said earlier kind of rolling out slabs and building you can make mugs like that you can make pinch pots I guess it's about kind of being flexible around what your ideal of making something is and if something's not working try another approach and you might just find it like that wow and I just have to say your Instagram does not look beginner to me it looks so <laughs> super professional thank your, you your stuff is beautiful I mean it's really amazing that's so funny to hear that just looking at your Instagram and seeing how it looks and how beautiful everything is that you yourself feel like you're a beginner that's so funny to me <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> All of the pictures that I take are on my Android phone. I have a camera that I take my product photos on. And I think it's only really recently that I've started to feel a little bit more professional in my photos. Mm -hmm. It's not something I'm very strong at. And I think that also, just to name drop, I think that's where a podcast I listen to, Don't Keep Your Day Job. Have you heard oh, of it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I listen to it that's, as well, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's where that podcast, particularly if people are trying to pursue something that they're not sure if it's the right thing for them or um, if it's kind of a battle between their day job and their hobby or their passion, it's definitely a podcast to listen to as well. They have like a Facebook community. I was really hitting a wall with my photography and, and my Instagram, particularly my social media. And I just thought, I'm going to post something on that community group. And I just kind of put a few of my images up and just said, do you have any feedback for me? The response I had was not only super positive, but also really constructive. Being an artist is quite a lonely job sometimes, particularly if you're working on your own like I am. I'm kind of a one-woman business at the moment. I think having a support network, whether it's people you actually know in person or people kind of on an online forum, it's been so invaluably useful for me. And I literally just posted out my pictures and the amount of amazing feedback I got and just simple steps I kind of grasped and took. And I've only really put them into practice in the last few weeks. 
it's great that you think that they look professional and <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> they do, they do. Oh, that's yeah. so great. Yeah, I agree. It is helpful to have a supportive community like mm. that to turn to. Absolutely. Mm. So do you dabble in any other sort of mediums or do you have any ideas of, you know, you have the incense trays mm. and the tea bag dishes and the mugs. Do you have anything else you want to try out or that you're interested in? So in terms of other mediums I've dabbled in, I actually, about a year ago, I used to run illustration alongside my pottery. And I think that came from when I would illustrate onto pre-made ceramics. I kind of wanted to continue that. The work I'm making at the moment in terms of kind of the decoration is quite simplistic and minimal. A year ago, I wanted to keep up that kind of decoration and it's quite a line-based drawing. It was on my pottery. I took that onto just illustrations. So I would be designing logos and save the dates and wedding invitations. But it only really took off in my kind of circle of friends and family. I think because I was running those two alongside each other for a couple of months and pottery just completely picked up and won out in the end and I ended up having to drop illustration just to kind of streamline what I was really doing and make my messaging really clear and my branding as well made it really clear I'd love to keep doing illustration something I do more as a hobby now my pottery is kind of taken off career-wise and rather than it being my hobby now illustration has become my hobby if that makes sense yeah yeah gotcha sometimes um, that happens you have to put one thing forward and some things fall on the back burner yeah exactly yeah I go through that as well with mm. different things which is a little frustrating because <laughs> I wish I could just do everything at the same time yeah it, it is and you might, you might be able to one day it's kind of it's a bit of a dance between kind of things taking priority and things kind of slipping a little bit and then something else picks up mm-hmm. um and I think that's the lovely thing about being a freelancer or being self-employed is you have the freedom to be able to choose what you focus on and you have that freedom to drop things if they don't serve you and to pick things up if you love them so I think that's something I've definitely learned this year that I can do that and I need to have more power to do that yeah absolutely I agree mm. well that is just so cool well Lizzie it's been so so great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. This is the first podcast I've ever done. Another step along the path, which is yeah, awesome. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much. And I am sure I am not going to be your last because your work is just <laughs> so amazing. And I just see you going so far with it, really. Thank you so much. Well, I cannot wait to keep up with you. I'm going to keep following you on Instagram. I just can't wait to see where you go. And when you finally have your house with your studio, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'll post it all on my Instagram, don't worry. Yeah, please do. Please do. And please post more videos of you on the wheel. I love them. (laughs) I will. When I can get back to my studio, I think that's the first thing I'll be doing. I love those videos. They're just so relaxing. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. This has been so amazing. Yes, thank you. It's been great. I loved that interview with Lizzie. She is so nice and so interesting and just so determined. And how cool is it that she just decided to try something new and it changed the whole course of her life. And this is her future and her passion. And she's now living out her dreams that she didn't even know she had in the beginning. So, so cool. I think it's so inspiring when people are living one reality. She was a dancer and then they just try something new and find that that is their passion. Really, really cool. So it's kind of inspiring to always try new things. Lizzie is just such an inspiration. I could really just talk to her all day listening to her talk about her pottery. It's just so cool. So definitely check her out. Check her out on Instagram, croucher.li. And I'm going to post her Etsy and her website in the show notes below. Go check out her pottery. You're going to fall in love with them. I can't wait to keep up with Lizzie to see what she's doing in the future because I just know she's going to go really far with her pottery. So cool. And I really want to order one of her pots now that I know she ships internationally. I'm so excited. So definitely check out Lizzie. Lizzie, thank you so much for talking to me today. It was so inspiring and just so cool to talk to you about your newfound passion. Really, really amazing. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at according to Des. Share this podcast episode if you found it to be interesting or inspiring. Share it with other people and subscribe to me on YouTube. Join my Facebook group, guys. I love my Facebook group. I have a few hundred members. It's so much fun. People post their hobbies and their passions. They post pictures, videos, inspirational quotes. I just love it. It's a lot of fun. So feel free to join that. It's facebook.com backslash groups backslash according to Des. And feel free to post whatever you want in there. Keep up with us and post what you're doing because I love seeing it. It's awesome. All right, until next time.